Take the red lollipop. Take the blue lollipop. Parsing the IMDb keywords for director Zack Snyder's 2011 film Sucker Punch is a bit of a mystery. It's difficult to discern whether the keywords are describing the film or serve as a warning to potential viewers of the film. Tragedy, escape plan, lobotomy, therapist, hallucination, murder, mental hospital, violence, kicked in the balls, attempted rape, betrayal, child abuse, trench, prostitution, punched in the crotch, bus driver, self-sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ isn't actually one of the key words. It's just what one says at the end of reading that list. Sucker Punch tells the story of a young girl named Baby Doll and her attempts to escape a mental institution in the 1960s. That's the short version. Further simplified, the TV Guide one-line summary is, Hot girls shoot guns at things for two hours. Both of those summaries, while accurate, are a little simplistic. Sucker Punch is a far more complicated film than that, and makes far less sense. The film opens to a lounge cover of the Eurythmics' Sweet Dreams, as Baby Doll and her kid sister are running from their evil stepfather on a stormy night. Over the course of the four-minute song, one, Baby Doll is sexually threatened by her stepfather, two, Baby Doll accidentally shoots and kills her sister, and three, Baby Doll is committed to an all-women insane asylum. Such is the world of Sucker Punch. The insane asylum is in Brattleboro, Vermont, as any insane asylum worth its salt should be. It's perpetually wet and raining and leaky and gray and not very pleasant. Again, par for the course. Once inside, Baby Doll's stepfather makes a deal with one of the orderlies to ensure that Baby Doll is lobotomized so that she can never tell the authorities that he's an evil stepfather and not just a regular one. A few days later, when Baby Doll is sat down for her lobotomy, in the fraction of a second between when the doctor raises his orbito class to lobotomize Baby Doll and actually performing the lobotomy, Baby Doll dreams up an alternate reality where the insane asylum is actually a brothel and her and her fellow inmates are dancers. Within this fraction of a second alternate reality, there is another alternate reality where Baby Doll and her fellow inmates turned exotic dancers slash hookers are instead a five-girl squad of badass soldier girls, soldiers who just happen to be dressed as hookers. This alternate alternate reality only manifests itself when Baby Doll dances for the men in the film. When she dances, she fantasizes that she's somewhere else fighting various things. Either giant samurais with Gatling guns in feudal Japan, or zombie pseudo-Nazis during World War I, or dragons in what appears to be Middle-earth minus the hobbits and the not-terribleness. In these sequences, Baby Doll and her team are acquiring objects which will help them in the real world, whorehouse, to escape their current situation. Each alternate alternate reality fantasy amounts to an elaborate level in a video game in which you have no control where a boss monster needs to be defeated to acquire a trophy to move on to the next level. This continues for about 90 minutes until wham! The best-looking lobotomist you ever did see, played by John Hamm, of course, 
drives a pointy metal thing into Baby Doll's brain, a bus driver spouts off some nonsense, and the credits roll. What? Before moving on to directing feature films, Mr. Snyder was a music video director. There is evidence of this throughout Sucker Punch. Apart from the opening sequence set to the Eurythmics cover, there are half a dozen other musical interludes which play out as quasi-music videos throughout the film, each one just as subtle as the last. The Pixies' Where Is My Mind plays over the introduction of the Insane Asylum. Bjork's Army of Me plays during the steampunk World War I sequence. Quad City DJ's Come On Ride It, The Train, plays during the train heist sequence. Mr. Snyder has directed good films. He directed the 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake, which was an excellent take on the zombie genre. 300 established his trademark visual style and was a technological marvel with its digital backlot production methodology. 2009's Watchmen succeeded in adapting the previously thought unfilmable Watchmen graphic novel. And 2010's The Guardians, The Owls of Gahul, was the best owl-based action-adventure movie of 2010. And then there was Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch doesn't have to be disjointed as it sounds. It is, but it doesn't have to be. Countless other films have played with the notion of what is reality and alternate realities and dreams within dreams and girls in schoolgirl uniforms with machine guns and lollipops. The problem is that despite its overly long runtime, Sucker Punch can't fit all the elements it brings in and have the film still make sense. The Matrix dealt with reality versus virtual reality. That was it. Done. The footage of Keanu sucking on a lollipop and hooker boots wound up on the cutting room floor. But Wachowski Brothers had to save something for the sequels, after all. Sucker Punch just throws everything at the wall and sees what sticks. Unfortunately, none of it does. No, not even the steampunk Nazi zombies. Sucker Punch is Zack Snyder's first original work. Up until now, his filmography has consisted of remakes and adaptations of other stories. And while Sucker Punch is certainly unique, it is essentially an $82 million late-night-made-for-Cinemax-imprisoned women-sploitation film. It is most certainly the low point of his career. Hopefully, whatever he works on next will be a return to form rather than continuing down the hole he dug himself into with Sucker Punch. What's that? He's directing the next Superman movie? Jor-El, help us.